Hey guys, you're listening to another production of BrothersInArmchairs.com. Running up the score here on Fat Guys in Little Coats with Pete and Tom, are you there? Tom, Tom is here. Tommy, how are you? I'm, I'm good. It feels like we haven't done this for like six months. Yes, we've been on a hiatus. Um, since you, since we last had our last episode, removed channels. We're now on Fat Guys in Little Coats, which is exciting. Woo woo! Because uh, now we have three fat guys in little coats on Fat Guys. Uh, Tom being the fattest. Um, that, yes, that might be arguable. I don't know. That's we could find out later on. We'll do a weighing contest later. Um, so Tom and I, as we do all the time when we do talk sports, it's um, running up the scores, talking about sports. All types of sports, all kind of things. And uh, since we haven't been around in a while, I figure we kind of start off with, like, what's been going on over the last month and a half. What do you think, Tom? I think that sounds great. Do a little recap. A little recap. Good. Yeah. All right. So let's start with something that we both don't really talk about a lot but is interesting. What do you think about LeBron going to the Lakers? Uh, you know, I'm not a big pro basketball fan, but – um, you know, I think one of the things that I find interesting about basketball is it's become a sport where basically you either have super teams or teams that have absolutely no chance whatsoever. So do you think him moving to L.A. was a good thing or a bad thing for basketball? I think it's a it's probably a good thing for basketball because the Lakers haven't had a whole lot to be excited about for quite some time. Yeah, um, that's true. I'm not. I'm not sure this means a championship for them. Um, I we have yet to see what kind of supporting cast they're going to put around him. Um, I think this is more about going to a, a big market, going to a place where they're going to put a lot of butts in the seats, and I think they'll be middle of the pack. I, I don't think this makes them a championship team, though. Not yet, right? I mean, they they've had some. S- Small signings of uh, Rajay Rondo. They got uh, the guy from, uh, what's his name? I can't remember his name now. The one that always tormented them. Stevenson, was that his name? Uh, So they've made some minor adjustments with the team. And they have Alonzo Ball, who, as long as his father stays out of things, he'll he'll still be on the team. Um, I think the Lakers are building now for next year, not not this coming year, 2000 and. 1920 season where you have Kawhi Leonard who will be a free agent probably a few other guys and start building the super team right now I don't think the Lakers are a beat the Warriors now type of team but I do think they go from 30 wins to probably about 45 50 wins absolutely now is there is there any chance that anybody in this coming season beats the Golden State Warriors I can't think of a team that's out there right now that can. Um, I maybe you know what if Boston is healthy, yeah. uh, and you have you have um, Irving, uh, Kyrie Irving back and um, and uh, Haywood, I think they can give him a run. I mean, listen, Houston has had him one game away, but they were down Chris Paul for two games. So maybe Houston, if Chris Paul stays healthy, uh, you, you don't know. Uh, you know, again, these guys, you know, we don't know what they're going to look like next at the beginning of this year. But if they co- constitute it now the way that uh, the Warriors are now, I don't think anybody beats them. I think they go through back to back to back. Yeah, I, I think so, too. Um, and that's one of the things that I find very unattractive about basketball. Like I just said, with the, the super team, you could be pretty good at circling the four teams that are going to make it to the to the final four. And probably have a good chance of, of being right. Right. Well, you know, basketball, and I don't know how much you've watched. Like, I don't watch a lot of pro basketball. I'm always interested in the LeBron story because I think he's the best player on the planet. Uh, playing now, I mean, I you know, this is a good discussion I have with Kyle's buddy who's a big basketball player and uh, – and knowledgeable of it is Michael Jordan's the greatest basketball player on the planet ever to play, right? Yes, I, I agree with that. Okay, and you know basketball then when Michael Jordan was around, you know people say it was a lot different then. But you know what? There was only five or six good teams then too. Um, right. You know the Lakers. I mean the yeah the Lakers, the Bulls, the the Pistons, the Knicks, the Heat 
were kind of like the the best teams, you know. And of course, yeah, yeah. and of course, the Houston Rockets won too when Jordan was away. But um, again, th- nowadays you have, like you said, the four or five teams that you can say, all right, they're going to be in the fu- the conference finals. Nail it down. Now the East is going to be different this year. Now that LeBron's now in the West, I mean, I think it's Boston and a bunch of other teams that could fight for that spot. Right, right. Yes. But there's some teams. There's some teams too that I think you could point to next year and say, "Does this team have any prayer?" And the answer would be no. No. I mean, look at the Knicks. But the Knicks have come out and said, "You know, we're not winning this year. We know we're not winning this year. We are going to build." And again, the, the the two markets that you know basketball has been failing on, unlike most of the other sports, is L.A. and New York, right? I mean, yes, both, both the Knicks and the Nets are horrible. The Lakers are horrible um, ever since Kobe left, and even when Kobe was there for a couple of years, I've never seen. Not like I said, I've watched. I've watched enough basketball to, like, you know, have a little bit of knowledge about it, whatever. Um, you know, the Lakers were never bad when I was a kid. No. You know, oh, no. You know, where – and Boston was never bad. The Knicks were never – you know, Patrick Ewing and Charles Oakley, the Knicks were good. This is the longest stretch where the Lakers or the Knicks have not been in the playoffs together or even the conference finals or close to it, you know? Yeah. So – LeBron making the change, I think that's a pretty big move. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see him in L.A. Now, it's funny, I was in L.A. the day he uh, he signed with the, the Lakers, and I was like, oh, and we went to a Dodger game, Kyle and I, which is a great stadium, by the way, um, and I was waiting for him to come out and throw the first pitch. It was disappointing that he didn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, you know, and I thought for quite a long time he was going to go to Philadelphia, and that could have been a a pretty – I think if he'd have gone to Philadelphia, you might have been able to say that could make Philadelphia a pretty honest contender for the NBA Finals. No, uh, I agree with that. I really thought he, that would be a perfect landing spot for him. But, again, you know, his family has houses in L.A. His wife wanted to go there. And at this point in time, it's like, you know, I want to win a championship, but I also want to make – the wife happy because he did leave money on the table but not staying with Cleveland. Right. And here's the other funny part. I was just in Cleveland the last couple days and uh, his his uh, big poster that they have downtown, it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. gone. See you, LeBron. It's out. You know, so it's amazing how fast things change in the world of sports. So, Well, and I, I think what else is smart is that he's been able to pick places. Like, he picked Miami. Well, you know, one of the reasons why is because people want to go to Miami. Miami is a great climate. Uh, there's great things to do in Miami. Lots of clubs, lots of, uh, you know, personal things that you can do. L.A. is kind of the same way. He got to go back to Cleveland and sort of spend his um, uh, Aloha seasons with them because he felt some sort of a, a connection to them. Um so I think I think it's been kind of cool that he's been able to say, okay, where do I want to go? Yeah. Well, you know, and the good thing was he didn't make it like it was the last time. It was like a big to-do. I'm moving myself to Miami. And, and I think that's what hurt his reputation for a while. And then he, it took him so long to get it back. Uh, I don't think – I don't know. Maybe I think he's nicer than Jordan. But I think Jordan was the um, the bigger talent. Yeah. All right. All right. So basketball, we're good with basketball, right? We touched. Yeah. LeBron is the biggest story in basketball. He'll always be the biggest story in basketball until he decides to leave. Right. Yes, absolutely. All right. So the other big thing that happened before we get to baseball is the world cup. Now, do you watch any, did you watch any of the world cup? Uh, Believe it or not, I did. I followed it probably the last couple of rounds. Um, and I, and I like it. I think, I think the atmosphere just with, so much, you know, on the line as far as national pride kind of makes it fun to watch. All right, so let's let's go into that real fast. The Mer- America wasn't in it. Uh, United States was not in the in the in the uh, the tournament. Right. Um, now, for me, United States, Italy, because obviously I'm Italian and Irish. The Irish were not there. Um, do you think 
the U.S. not being in it uh, took away from it from from a U.S. perspective from people that watch it? I don't think so. I, I really don't. I think I think fans of of especially international soccer, uh, I think they love the World Cup regardless of who was in it. And I think it was kind of cool that there were some stories there, like Croatia, that you know some unexpected things were happening. Um, it seemed like all of the games were extremely good, uh, very competitive, kind of hard nose. Um, so I think this, with the style of play, what it was, and with there being stories behind the stories, I don't think so. I don't think any one country really makes or breaks the World Cup at all, especially us. So you think, I mean, we, we, we both agree that soccer is the biggest sport anywhere. No doubt. But it's, you don't think it's the biggest sport in America? No, I don't think so. But it's the biggest sport played in America? That is that is correct. I, and, and that's a weird... That's a weird balance, isn't it? Because you have more and more kids that are, and you know, maybe, maybe in ten years, especially with the NFL having the issues that it's having, baseball having the issues that it's having, maybe this is really what you're going to see: is that soccer is going to continue to grow and become more and more popular as the years go on. Yeah. So, thinking about the World Cup when it first started, and you know that these teams, like, so you know, obviously, like I said, I'm Italian and Irish. Um, were there any particular teams that you would root for other than the U.S., Tom, that may or may not have been in there? Um, you know, I would, I found myself rooting for Belgium just because they have great beer. Um, and waffles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I kind of found myself rooting for the underdog. Whoever was the underdog, I was kind of like, yeah, okay, I, I, I'm kind of rooting for them. So, no, I didn't really feel any affiliation, but um, – it's just one of those games that I can sit and watch. And even my wife, she'll walk by and she'll like, you're watching soccer. And it's like, well, it's a world cup. Yeah, I can watch that. Now, can I watch major league soccer? No, I, I can't. I can't find myself going to that point yet. Yeah. I, I, again, I watched some of the world cup. I found that, you know, some of it interesting. I'm one of those people though, that if USA wasn't in it or one of like my countries, I probably didn't watch as much as I could have. Um, I was actually, you know, knowing that U.S. and all these other countries are not in, I was rooting for um, our brothers across the land in England. <laughs> right. Yeah, but uh, you know, I don't want to. I didn't want to see the dirty French win. Sorry, French people. Uh, yeah. But uh, they. It was a great last game, and like you said, Croatia really did uh, show up for this tournament. So again, I think overall great success. <laughs> And one of the best things about the World Cup now, it's coming to the United States in 2026. So um, we'll see how that goes. Hopefully the U.S. men's team will advance and be eligible for that when it occurs. Now, do you do you think the men's World Cup is better than the women's World Cup? You know, you, do, you took the question right out of my mouth. What about the women's World Cup? And, you know, you remember when they made their their big, you know, Mia Hamm, Brandy, uh, Justine, I believe her, her name was. Mm -hmm. When they made their run, uh, gosh, that's probably more years ago than I'm going to give it credit. 1999. 1999. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, almost 20 years ago. Um, I was 30 that, pounds I, lighter then. I found that to be <laughs> amazing. And I was, I was one of the people that was kind of at the edge of my seat watching those games. So I personally – you know, women, women's sports, I watch the women's softball. I actually like women's tennis better if I'm going to watch any tennis. I, I do like women's soccer. Um, sometimes I think it's just more more competitive than the male sports and, and more fun to watch. Well, let's get into that then. I, I, me personally, I would watch the girls' soccer versus the men's. Um, I like watching women run around. It's it's interesting, but um, they are better teams. I think uh, you know. Again, I think there's, I you know, my daughter and I were talking about this earlier today. I think watching the women's soccer versus the men's. I think the women seem to work harder in their tournaments uh, playing soccer. I don't know why, but it just seems that's what I that's the view I have. Um, but you mentioned something about tennis. Do you, don't you think the women's Tennis is just a little uh, 
skewed right now with Serena probably being the best by a hundred miles in uh, in tennis. Yeah, I think there is an unfortunate kickback with that, but I will say with the women's tennis game, you see a lot more back and forth. I, I just feel like the men's tennis has become serve done. Next point, serve done. It's just that the the game is so fast that it doesn't seem like, you know, back in the day when you had McEnroe and Connors and Borg and some of those guys, that all they did was, uh, you know, run each other around the court and you'd have these epic five setters. You don't see that. You don't see that as much anymore because the guys can serve at 150 miles an hour, and a lot of times it kills the any kind of a rhythm back and forth. But I think the women's game still has a lot of that. Now, what do you? Th- well, you know, again, there was a great match, uh, the semifinals, right? That went when uh, 28-27 or 28-26. I don't remember who the the two guys were that were um, battling. I don't know how much of the Wimbledon you might have watched. Uh, I didn't really watch it. Right. All right, well, that's good. We can move on from that then. <laughs> Again, but like you said, you know, women's tennis is actually more competitive. I'd rather watch the men's than the women's in that case, uh, just because of the competitiveness. I think Serena has, is kind of like the LeBron of basketball. She's just so well above everybody else that sometimes it's it's um, – it's not as fun to watch. Like, you know, she's she's just running over people where, um, you know, you got an 8 and a, uh, eight and a 12 seed in the finals this year with uh, Anderson and, and um, Djokovic. So, um, all right, well, let's move on then. So let's talk about baseball now, our, our real love here, Tom, on yes. running up the score where we're kind of, you know, known for. All right, so the, we're at the halfway point. Yeah, surprises and uh, disappointments in the first first half American League first. So surprises in the American League. Um, I think the fact that the Orioles are as bad as what they are. Yeah, you took that from me too. I was about to say that. Okay, right. Yep, is a, is amazing. And what might be more amazing is. You're now starting to see managers lose their jobs, like St. Louis now. Yeah. Um, and they're talking about the ex-Yankee becoming the skipper of St. Louis. Um, and we've seen that before. Yes. But I don't understand where the Orioles are as far as why they haven't made moves to completely clean house move on for the second half of the season. Maybe the problem is they just don't have the farm system and maybe they don't have a manager in mind in order to do it. They don't know, you know, yeah, you can clean house, but what do you put there instead? Well, I think in Baltimore, the case with Baltimore is that the ownership loves Buck Walter. I think Buck Walter needs to go for his sake, not for the team's sake. Um, but you have two chips you have Manny Machado and Zach Britton. And I guess you can you can try to trade Adam Jones, but he's a ten five player, so he can veto anything that he want you know, any veto he can veto any trades. Now if I was him, I'd be like, if you can send me to the Braves or a team that has a chance, send me, right? Um, but Machado, I think they're asking too much. I think that's the problem. They got nine eight teams talking to him, including the Yankees. Um they have a great farm system, but do you want to give up, you know, three or four chips for a guy that's going to play for you for three months because there's no guarantee he's going to sign back with you? Right. And I think that's where the Orioles are now like, well, we need to get something. So even if it's <clears throat> Justin Sheffield and Clint Frazier, just to get a couple chips to move on, I think they're going to be at that situation, you know, come July 31st. Now, I really believe they should have traded, traded them in the off season or last season, because they probably would have got a lot more for. Yes, I agree. You know, so yeah, I agree with you. I think the Orioles are a huge disappointment. They're 28 and 69. Um, Looking at the standings right now, we have four teams that may win a hundred games and three teams that may lose a hundred games. I think one of the other disappointments that um, that's out there are the, uh, 
for me, I think, are the Angels. I just think that, I mean, they're, they're playing 500 baseball, but, you know, they have the best player in baseball on their team. And, you know, Mike Trout, again, another guy that, you know, you're 14 games out right now and you're 20 games out of the wild card. Maybe it's time to start looking to build, you know, release and build. Right. You got to wonder how long that season feels for guys that are on the Orioles or guys that are on these disappointment teams that know. I mean, the Orioles are what, 30, how many games out now? 38? They're 39 and a half games, and they've won 28 games. Now, they're not the worst team in baseball, believe it or not. Oh. I mean, yeah, you got to feel bad for the Royals who are twenty-seven and sixty-eight, and they're just praying they can get have more one more win than the Orioles so they don't look as bad, or but, one less so they can get the number one pick. Yeah, well, you know, and again, like baseball, that number one pick, that draft is a lot different than doing it in the in the NFL. You Agreed. Know? You know, you're, you're you could draft a high school kid at, with the first pick, and you not see him for seven years. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? um, I, so I think, I think Buck needs to go. Um, I think they need to be able to show the fans some sort of a forward direction because what what do you have there right now that is putting anybody in the seats? You remember back in the day when Cal Ripken was there, and and even when they had teams that weren't that good, they filled that place every night. It was a hard ticket to get at Camden Yards. Well, just think. I mean, they were they were the division champs in 2014. So, I mean, that's a that's a hell of a drop over three and a half seasons. Right. And I don't think it's like I said. I don't think it's Buck uh, completely. Um, I think it's the GM situation. I don't know who they. I don't know who the GM is. And it sounds like Brady Anderson is going to be the guy to really take over this this team. And him and Buck just don't get along, apparently. So, I, I mean, I'm pretty positive Buck Showalter will be gone uh, at the end of the season. That means the Orioles will win the World Series next year because that's how it works after Buck's leaves. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think they're in a long haul. I really do. Uh, I'll tell you one of the surprises, positive-wise, are the is the, the National League East, specifically the Phillies and the Braves. Yeah, and, you know, Philly fans that I know – told me two years ago you give us two more years and this team's going to surprise you and and they have pitching yeah they do and they could be they're in the sweepstakes for Manny Machado I think if you put Manny Machado in that lineup in front of Santana I mean they can run away with the east if they need to now the Braves are looking good too both teams are a what the Yankees were last year a year away team as they say you know and I I don't know if that's because they're 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 playing better than they thought, or is it because the Nationals are way under expectations? Well, there's definitely your I think your disappointment for the year is the Nationals. Uh, Bryce Harper, you know, of course Zimmerman's been hurt. Um, you still have pitching there, my goodness, but Strasburg's been hurt. So a lot of it has been about injuries. But I never expected that Washington would. Um, you have the standings probably in front of you. How many games out is Washington now? Five and a half. Okay. So, you know, there's still plenty of time for them. But I don't see many signs of life from them. They, they haven't been hitting anybody over the head. What What is awesome to me, and I know you're not going to want to hear this as a Yankee fan. So I'll say this first of all. I think Boston and the Yankees both being where they are and having the rivalry back, both of them, you know, Fighting at the top of the standings is the best thing that could have happened for baseball in the last five years. The two of them being back to prominence, I think it, it has injected a lot of excitement back into baseball. I take uh, I'll take the Red Sox to be where the Orioles are at any time. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but yeah, you're right. I, I mean, this is exciting baseball, and the Red Sox just look unbeatable. They just club people over the head every single night. Yeah. There's no there's no soft spot in that lineup. Um, you know, my early very early on, and I'm playing fantasy baseball with some people at work, and what I did was I started making trades and I have a team full of Red Sox. And everybody's like, Why are you why are you getting all these Red Sox? I said, Because they score eight to ten runs every single game. Yep, they do. That's so I have J.D. Martinez. 
I have uh, uh, Devers, who's a young kid, and but he'll he'll get better. Moreland, I think, was a great addition to that team, and I just picked up uh, Benendini, who no, how, how do you say his name? Um, did I say that right? I Benendini. Think he's the, yeah, he's this. Is he the catcher? No, no, he's uh, oh, he's in the outfield. Oh, he's the outfielder, another, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another young kid that just mashes the ball. Um, I, yeah, I agree with you. Unless they have serious injuries going down the stretch, I don't want to play Boston. No. That's the thing. At least the Yanks are competitive with Boston. That's As a Yankee fan, I'm like, all right, we're four and a half games back, but we're also, we have, you know, 18 more, you know, 15 more games with the Red Sox and have a chance to, to catch up. I mean, the Yankees will do something at the, the trade deadline. What it is, we don't know. Now, I'm not sure if I really want Manny Machado on our on our team, I also don't want to give up the big guns for him. I mean, if you're going to give up Mo Larry and Curly and you get uh, Manny Machado, then, you know, I'm all good. Uh, but I'm not giving up Andahar and Torres and Clint Frazier to get a guy that may not even sign with the Yankees at the end of the season. Yeah, and I don't see the Orioles going ahead and letting him go to somebody in their own division. Yeah. Especially not. I guess they go for the right price, right? I mean, that's kind of sure. like the uh, the other thing. So back to the National League East real fast. The disappointment yeah. there for me is is the Mets. The Mets, definitely. I mean, they they just started off 11-1, and one, and then the wheels just came off. They're in last place now behind the Marlins. The Marlins, for crying out loud. Yeah. Uh, probably supposedly the worst base team in baseball. And they have, uh, you know, they're... They're almost 20 games better than the Orioles. So, yeah. you know, the Mets, they had the pitching, and now, granted, there's injuries, and and I don't know about Cespedes. He's kind of like a – he's an airhead. He's kind of like Ricky Henderson. Yeah. But, um, you know, that team, again, uh, I don't know if it's the manager, Mickey Calloway. I mean, I know he's his first year as a manager. You know, Is that the problem with the Mets? Um, No. I, I think the Mets – were especially offensively i don't i don't see them as being there yet they they have the pitching i think but offensively i think they still have have some missing pieces there maybe they just need a few of the guys to get a little bit older and uh but i really did think that they were going to do better and and i'll tell you another team that i have a soft spot for that i'm wondering when they're going to come around is the cincinnati reds yeah they started off horribly this season and now they're still, I mean, they're in last place in the division, 13 and a half games out. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they, I don't know. I wasn't, I didn't have a lot of high expectations for them, but I thought they'd be at least out of the cellar. Yeah. I mean, I was surprised about the Brewers. You know, coming into the season, I did one of my uh, one of my other podcasts at the time. Um, I did make a prediction that the Yankees would play the Cubs in the World Series. So I still have, still have the opportunity. I'll tell you. Uh, going from uh, division to division, I had the Yankees winning it and the Red Sox as the wild card. I had the Indians, I mean, Indians winning the division, um, which they're running away and hiding with that right now. Yeah, I had the Astros winning the division. I would never expect that the uh, the Mariners to be the other wild card at this moment in time. No, no, but Seattle's solid again. They have pitching, and they have. Um they have a core of really nice hitters in uh, uh, Segura and uh, uh, Seager. And they've got a couple of strong pieces out there. And I think, I think baseball is, is better this year just because you have some young stars like an Aussie Albies um, who in Atlanta has just captured the attention of the Atlanta Braves. I think each team, in order to really help baseball, there can't be there can't be a LeBron. You know, there has to be each city needs to have a couple breath of fresh air players that are young that are going to be under the control of the team for a long time. Uh, kind of like Machado was when he first came into the the majors with the Orioles, and it looked like, man, this is a guy that is going to be unbelievable for years to come with Baltimore. But unfortunately they just haven't put anything around him. Well, they continue to put, and I hate to keep, you know, flipping back to the Orioles, but it's your favorite team. That's okay. (laughs) Being from where we are, you hear a lot of 
Baltimore stuff. I mean, you can't avoid Oriole games and Oriole articles and things like that. And and I I do relish in the fact that they're as bad as what they are. Oh, it's real easy to ignore. I just turn the TV off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, when you put clowns around him like Davis, when you when you sign Davis, when you sign a guy for another year in Chris Tillman, who was DOA by June of last year, and they said, well, we'll give you know, we'll give Tillman another try. We'll give. Chris Davis another try. We'll give Trumbo, who was a one-season wonder, we'll give him another go. And then they can, they're they scoring, what, about two runs a game? They're terrible. Yeah, they are. They're not very good. They gave him nothing to work with. Maybe um, their second baseman, um, Scope, is a decent player. Unfortunately, Adam Jones. But, but look at the rest of their outfield. They've been searching – or ever since Marcakis left, they haven't had a right fielder ever since then. They've they've cycled through outfielder after outfielder, and they can't. They, I mean, for crying out loud, you signed Kobe Rasmus, who said, "I don't even know if I want to play baseball." Yeah, let's get him. <laughs> well, you know what it is. It's funny because one of my very good friends is an Orioles fan, and he was that was his favorite player, Nick Marcakis, and they instead of. Signing him, they signed Chris Davis. Now, I'm going to give you a couple stats here really fast. Um, Chris Davis, this year, he has 288 at-bats, 18 runs scored, 45 hits, 28 RBIs, 26 walks, 9 home runs. He's batting 156. How many strikeouts does he have? Uh, it's got to be over 100. Um, 110. One. 14. <laughs> I was close. <laughs> so you can imagine now we're going to look at Nick Marcakis here. So this season now, Nick Marcakis, who was, other than Manny Machado, he was the, the, the face of that franchise. He's, yes. He's had 100 more at-bats. He's got 55 runs, 119 hits, 60 RBIs, 41 walks, 10 home runs. Now, granted, he's not powering the ball out of the park. He's only struck out 46 times. But what is he batting? What's his batting average? Three, three ten, three twenty three. Wow! So you think about it. They they didn't want to spend the money on Nick Marcakis, who over the last couple of years with the Braves has just had a great season, great seasons, and then they have Crash Davis. Uh, he's definitely crashed, and his what's he got? Another six years on his contract? Yeah. So. Good luck, Orioles. I hate you. I'm glad, but uh, I'd rather see the Orioles better. I'd rather see the Orioles winning than the Red Sox. I have to admit. I think it's. <laughs> I think it's more appealing for me. I hate Red Sox fans. They're almost as bad as Eagles fans. Oh, that's. I don't know. That's that's blasphemous for you to say that. Uh, Eagles fans are horrible. They are horrible. Yeah. But uh, so so are them. Uh, so are they. Uh, I will say for my predictions, I in the National League. I, I never expected the Philly and Braves to be there. I had the Nationals winning the division. I had the Mets in the wild card. I had the Cubs, obviously. I had the Cardinals in the wild card. And then I had the Dodgers winning the West. And, um, you know, I think they, from where they were at the beginning of the season, didn't they lose like 10 games in a row, the Dodgers? Yes. To be back. And that lineup, I have to tell you, I saw that lineup live and in person. It's scary. Scary lineup. And, yeah, I agree. And they got the new the kid, um, what's his name? Uh, Muncie, is that his name, Muncie? Yes, he's going to be doing the home run derby. Uh, yeah. That kid can hit the ball. Uh, he had two homers when I was there. I went to a game where they played the Pirates, and they won 17-1. to So it was actually very exciting to watch baseball <laughs> that game. So I'm excited about baseball. I'm excited about the second half. Um, any second half predictions you want to throw out there? Um, yeah, actually, Chris Davis will have another 100 strikeouts. So you think, okay, so he's going to have the most strikeouts in baseball. Two, you think he's going to hit 200? Uh, no, my gosh, no. I, in fact, I think you're going to see him sit even more in the second half just because they don't know what to do with him. Now, well, he has a great glove. That's the one thing. He's actually a very good defensive first baseman. It's the challenging of batting him. You, you know, you have a $160 million guy batting seven or eight, it's rough. Rough. Yeah. So, Oriole yeah. fans, it's, you're 
you're you're you're struggling and i don't feel for you <laughs> no 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 love for me either. no pain no pain all right so we went through baseball we got through the the terrible uh basketball we got through the uh the soccer tom what else you want to talk about today what do you think one of the big things that happened in sporting news was the fact that gambling has become legalized or will become legalized as each state adopts the ability to gamble on sports. So how do you feel about that opening up that people can gamble on sports now? I think it's a great thing for sports and I don't mean because of gambling. Well, yeah, I mean, people, you know, I, I liked, I like gambling. On, you know, I'll go to Vegas and I'll do, uh, you know, I'll, you know, especially during uh, March Madness or something like that. Um, I think it's it's good because it's you know it's going to open up things. It'll open up things for Vegas if that makes sense. Um, in a sense that you know with all the hubbub about the hockey team there and now the football team there, especially the football team going there. Maybe we'll see in the near future a basketball team and maybe a baseball team there, just for the fact that. You know, now every state, I mean, New Jersey and Pennsylvania are going to be the first two that really step here and get the sporting books in, right? So, right. I, I don't know. I think it's a good thing. I don't, I think the, you know, players going to Vegas and gambling is, or Atlantic City or whatever else, is kind of like the thing of the past. I think it's now a little bit more mainstream. Yeah. Well, and I think the dirty little secret that sports never want to admit, especially college football is that viewership depends a lot on people gambling hugely why do you think people watch the tuesday night um game between akron and miami of ohio in december and we'll watch it to the end because they're watching the spread um they're watching to see if they cover and i actually think that there's more viewership because of the gambling element that than really these sports have ever wanted to uh, admit. I remember they even, I don't know if you remember this, they used to run commercials which uh, kind of sh- kind of uh, waggled their finger at people that bet on college sports because these are just 18 and 19 year olds, you know, they don't, they don't need the pressure of people betting on, on sports. Come on, it is a, it was a national thing that nobody wanted to admit. Now it's just going to be out in the open. And if I could say one more thing, I think it's going to be like here in Pennsylvania for those that are going to tune in and are not from Pennsylvania. You know, some states have done beer in uh, convenience stores for many, many years. And when they started talking about beer in certain parts of Pennsylvania, you had some of the older conservatives that went, oh, my gosh, now people are going to be drunk in the streets. There's going to be this. There's going to be that. It's, you know, crime's going to go up, blah, blah, blah. And it's just not true because once once it happens and people kind of get their fill of it and say, okay, well, now I can just go to the local convenience store and get a six-pack if I need one, it didn't change anything. And I think that's how gambling's going to be. We're, we're going to look back someday and go – you remember when you weren't even allowed to do that? And it's going to be like, huh, you know, what's the big deal? No, and I, yeah, I agree with that. I think, um, again, best, uh, the sports betting, I, 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 you know, the only time it really came into play in sports was, uh, you know, not like where it affected the game was what Pete Rose and then, the, uh, the big scandal, scandal with the basketball referees and then the point shaving. Right. Right. So you're going to have your outliers, just like with the alcohol, you're going to have the your outliers. Um, so I think it's, I know, again, I think it's going to be, it's going to be, uh, it's going to make the sport more, I think you're going to bring more viewership, like you said. Yes. So um, do you think it's, do you think it's going to bring more gambling into the locker room? No, I don't. I think it happens anyway. I don't think they need somebody to say it's legal somewhere. You you can't tell me that some of these players don't look at other games and have somebody place bets for them. I, I just don't believe it. You have a guy like Michael Jordan who loved to gamble. I, I cannot imagine 
that he didn't bet on baseball or he didn't bet on this, he didn't bet on that. And I think he has every right to as long as it's not something that control. as long as they keep the integrity of the game and they don't do something to fumble the ball at the one-yard line so we don't cover the spread because I have a half a mil on us only, you know, winning by seven and not by ten. Do you think they'll so you think there'll be tighter restraints on it? No. No, I, I just don't think anything's really gonna change. I think it's gonna be one of those shrug the shoulders and everybody's even gonna forget about it within a few years. So what do you think Roger uh Gerdell thinks of the uh in the NFL think of the um the gambling? Now, granted, over the last couple of years we were seeing commercials of DraftKings and those other places. Um and even like on like ESPN now, they're all sponsored by these things. So it was, it's been there now. It's just a matter of now it's all over the place. Right. Well, and you notice that even ESPN, they would have segments where they would talk about who will cover the spread and who won't cover the spread. I really think it's just going to add a new element. You, you have, what was that guy, the bear that comes on um, and he's, he's picking winners every Saturday morning. And, you know, it's for the gambling element. So it, it's already there, you know, and I, I think all they're going to do is throw the black tarp off of it and then it's going to be in the sunlight, but nothing's going to change. Yeah. All right. Well, that's, I think it's important that it's, you know, now that it's out there and I like the idea that I can, you know, what do you think about the bookies? Now the bookies, they're going to lose their jobs or is that affecting them? No. In fact, I think it's probably better for them because there are certain people and, not that I know any of them, but there are certain people that use a local person. They're going to keep on doing that. They're going to keep on using a local person, but that guy's not going to have to worry about, you know, doing it quite so much in the shadows. All right. Well, okay. So, I mean, I think it's important that, uh, that it's out there now. I'm, I'm actually excited about it. I like, I want, I can't wait to go to Atlantic city and, and sit at a sports book and watch March Madness. That's what I like about it more. I mean, I I've gone to Vegas when the you know the round of sixty four is up, and it's the greatest thing ever. Just to sit there and watch every basketball game on on a bunch of TVs, and I think that's what may attract more people to the sports sports book. I think it's going to be big with the, with that with March Madness. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so we'll see. I mean, I'm excited about it. I'm um, looking forward to it. Well, I'll tell you what else I'm looking forward to, uh, Tom. NFL training camp right around the corner. Yes, um, it, and that's the that's the cool thing about the NFL, right? We we have the we have this kind of time of year that they're starting to talk about the draft. They're starting to talk about who's gotten who, who's going to work out, um, who's holding out. You start to get that hunger for football, and you reach this time of year where, I mean, heck, we are not that far from uh, exhibition games. Nope. August 1st, August 4th is the first game. So what, uh, three weeks? Three weeks. So, so we talked about the draft, you know, one of our last, uh, one of our last shows, um, and since then. So you ha- what are some of the big deals that have happened since then? What do you think the, some of the bigger moves have been this offseason season? In football, uh, I think one of the disappointing moves is my Dallas Cowboys have not gotten any stronger, in my opinion. I, I think they they took a step backward by not really concentrating on some of their needs, and unfortunately, I think the Eagles got better in some of their acquisitions and some of their draft picks. Um, I. The Eagles are going to be scary again this year, and I hate to say that. I hate to say that because the la- you know I want to see another fifty years before the Eagles win again, but that was no fluke. They're building what I think could be a three or four year run, especially with Carson Wentz back to being healthy again. Uh, I, what do you think? I mean, do you think? No. Who, I- who- the, who touches who touches them in that division now? Uh, and you know, in the next few, you know, in the next couple episodes, starting in August with running up the score, we're going to talk about who are predictions for the NFL season. But um, believe it or not, I actually think the Giants 
are going to take a step forward. I think they're going to be a team to give the Eagles a kind of a run. Um, but I, I still think the Eagles are the cream of the crop, obviously, of, of not only the NFC or the AFC, I mean, NFC East, but also of their conference and maybe of of the NFL. Um, I hate to say that, too, because I can't stand the Eagles or Eagles fans. Um, you know, so, yeah, I, I agree with you with the Eagle part. I think one of the biggest stories and moves from my perspective is John Gruden coming back from the booth to take over the Raiders. Um, I, I, you know, Derek Carr, one of my favorite players, and uh, John Gruden's been, always been my favorite coach. I'm interested to see how that how that's going to go. Um, I'm also interested in seeing, uh, uh, I think, a team that could give the Eagles a run in the NFC is the Vikings with uh, the acquisition of Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I'm a fan of Kirk Cousins. I'm kind of glad to see him leave Washington, uh, who I think is going to be bad again. Yeah, which I, I have no problem with that. But they're, I think they're going to be awful again. But and and again, you know, Pittsburgh, we're going to have to endure another Pittsburgh division championship because I don't see any other team that is really making moves. Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati's going to be the same Cincinnati team again. I, I think maybe the Browns I was just will win four or five. I, I'm going to tell you, well, I'll save it. I mean, this is my one. I'll give you a little sneak peek. I think Cleveland wins seven games this year. Wow. I really do. I think they win seven games. And we're going to go through that over the next few weeks. We're going to look at the over and under of each team wins and losses. And we're going to, we're going to predict, Tom, you and I, uh, over unders for uh, for all these teams coming in the weeks the weeks to come. Um, so so many other big stories in the NFL, not necessarily on the field, is Terrell Owens not going to the Hall of Fame. What do you think about that? Good for him. You think so? I, I, I'm I'm good with that. I, really, I am. I think um, I, I have a I have an issue with the way a lot of the the Hall of Fames are run. Um, and I think um, they, I saw a story that said that they were actually just going to mail him his jacket. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. Is it coming UPS or is it? Uh... I think U.S. Postal Service, I think. They're, they're <laughs> it up and can you imagine that? Can you imagine that, that he's going to have a package hit his door? Oh, it's my Hall of Fame jacket. Yeah, I, I think they're handling it very poorly. I think he I think both sides have done a really bad job on how they're handling it. I think that, you know, because the, the NFL and the Hall of Fame are saying they're not going to um, acknowledge him at all, which I think is a mistake. Um, I think they should be like, all right, well, he doesn't want to come here. Here's his bust. 12, you know, 16 years in the seat in, in the NFL. Okay, move on to the next guy. Um, I also think that he really should be there, but it's – it really in life it doesn't really affect me. I just think he's always been an ass, and he's just continuing to be an ass. Sure, you know. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's just the way it is. I'm more concerned, honestly, with the NFL and my contract holdouts of Khalil Mack and and Aaron Penn. Uh, you know, those guys. I'm not. You know, the last thing I'm worrying about is Terrell Owens. I'm more getting excited about um, the the start of the season, but he's taking headlines. Terrell Owens. And LeBron James have taken all the headlines over the last month and a half, I think. <laughs> what about Dez? I mean, no one where, wants him. Where does that situation end up? Uh, you know what? I'm going to make my early prediction. I think he's going to be with the Giants. I you know it's funny. I have that same feeling. He's going to he's going to land in that division, and and he's going to have a a productive year for somebody because that's going to be his FU to Dallas, not signing him. But as a Dallas Cowboy fan, and I, a lot of times I'm on the opposite side of the fence from many Cowboy fans. I was, as far as Romo, I am a huge fan of Tony Romo as a player and, and as a broadcaster. Um, I always thought he was a guy that was a team player, um, a, a, an excellent quarterback, and when it comes to Dez, I was in the camp of get him the hell out of there. <laughs> Could not stand the drama around 
a guy who would just cry and moan about and scream on the sidelines about not getting the ball and then drop the next pass. He drove me crazy. I, he, there was no room on the team for him. No, I get it. He never I, got open. Yeah, I get it. I mean, he's – I think, you know, going to the Giants, there may be a little bit more opportunity. It'll also be – he won't be the spotlight. I mean, they got OB, OBJ as their problems now. So, we'll see. It'll so, be a great season. It'll be a, it'll be a, it'll be a great season. Unfortunately, um, the NFL is just facing so many outside issues, especially with the, uh, the you know the brain injury issue. And you you have a lot of people coming out like a like a Brett Favre, who Brett Favre is the last person I ever thought would say that he wouldn't let one of his own kids play football, uh, because you know how Brett Favre played, and yet even Brett's looking back and saying, "I wish I'd have taken about three less shots to the head." Right. No, I, I, yeah, I mean, it's going to be um, – we'll see. I think it's going to be interesting conversation over the next few years about football and the head injuries and where it goes to because obviously, like we, like you said earlier, you know, soccer's on its way up. Will soccer take it over because football's on its way down? Baseball's on its kind of on an upscale again. I think hockey's back on an upscale again. And even um, – Pro basketball, I think, is a little higher now. I think LeBron moving is probably the best thing that happened to the NBA this this upcoming season so far. Yeah, I think basketball is, and I looked at some of the statistics because I, there's someone in our office that's a huge, huge basketball fan, and um, you know he's constantly saying how by percentage, college, uh, pro basketball is gaining. Uh, ground now football is still far and above still ahead of of what basketball is but it's definitely the gap is closing yeah absolutely well cornhole cornhole, cornhole. cornhole. yeah curling yeah. curling's on its way up and cornhole has been on espn we've been watching some of that oh my gosh you know the world's coming to an end when cur- curling's on espn <laughs> it's on the ocho it's on the ocho <laughs> well tom we've talked a lot about sports today we did run up a lot of scores, though. Yes, we did. Oh, we did run up a lot of scores. You think so? Um, yeah. So usually at this time we say goodbye, but no, we don't. Uh, it's now time for the top five, our funky top five. And this we one, need to have music. By the way, we need to have music for the top five, uh, like some kind of boo, psh, intro song. Psh, psh, okay. Okay, yeah. that's enough. Um, so uh, <laughs> here's the top five. Um, so, top five this week is actually sports-related, believe it or not. We're yes. talking the top five best walk-up or walk-out songs for baseball players. So, Tom, give me somebody. I went with Closers. Um, my number five is Welcome to the Jungle, and I believe that was Craig Kimbrell that used that. Okay. Well, I had uh, – I actually had Wake Up – Welcome to the Jungle as number as number five. <laughs> awesome. Uh, the Yankees used to come out to it at the beginning at home games, and it was always like you know exciting to to have you heard that music and you're like, let's go, you know. So that's my number five. Yep. What about you? What's number four? Uh, I would have to go with Hell's Bells. And who came after that? I think that was Trevor Hoffman. Okay. I like Wake Wake Up uh, by Rage Against the Machine for um, the, chi- the the Cuban Missile, uh, Ar- uh, Chapman, Erotis Chapman. Ar- I can't even say his name right. I'm saying er- er- Erotic Chapman. <laughs> erotic Chapman. <laughs> what about you? What's number three? Uh, number three, I'll go with Bad to the Bone. That was used by one of my favorite players in the history of baseball, Dennis Eckersley. Oh, I didn't know he came out to that. That's interesting. Yes, him and Goose Gossage, I believe, were the two that came out to Bad to the Bone. All right, so my number three is, and one of my favorite players of all time as well, Paul O'Neill, who came out to the Who's Baba O'Reilly. Ah. Yeah. Uh, 
again, Paul O'Neill, like I said, is one of my favorite players of all time. Uh, the next three picks are my favorite players of all time. So, uh, the who, Baba O'Reilly, Bubba O'Reilly for Paul O'Neill. While we're talking, and you have your computer up, right? I do. Look at who John Smoltz came into while while we're talking. Okay. So look at what he came into. Uh, my number two. That, you know, I'm probably cheating here. This is a fictional character and a fictional a fictional situation. But I think Wild Thing, when uh, Charlie Sheen came out to Wild Thing. I thought that was pretty cool, so I'm going to go with that as my number two. Oh right, yeah, well, no, that's acceptable. Uh, I will will take that in this in this uh, in this uh, this top five. My top number two, uh, Derek Jeter used to come out to "This Is How We Do It." Um, uh, you, you know that song, "This Is How We Do yeah. It." Yeah, yeah. So he, he used to come out to that, and again, it's Derek Jeter. So anything that Derek Jeter came out to is <laughs> is tops on my list. <laughs> Yeah, there's a theme here. You're going with uh, with all Yankee players. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> all right, number now, one. Number, is there is there any argument? I mean, there's this is like saying that anybody is close to Serena or Tiger or this is the cream of the crop, no doubt about it. Enter Sandman by Surya. Yeah. Uh, Mariano Rivera comes out to Metallica. Mariano Rivera. Yes. 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 There, there was there was no other song like it. No, there wasn't. And, you know, being a Yankee fan, that's my number one uh, as well. But I have a, a, a 1A. Uh, so people who don't go to Yankee games when Derek Jeter played would not know this. But there was the announcer, and it's not really a song, uh, Bob Shepard. And Bob Shepard would be... Uh, Batting now, number two, Derek Jeter, number two. When Bob Shepard passed away, Derek Jeter refused to be called out by anybody else at the home game but Bob Shepard. Oh, and, how, how good. And that would be that was his his walk up when Bob Shepard when he was being announced after the passing of Bob Shepard. So um I always got chills when they did that. Um and again, Derek Jeter, greatest baseball player in my mind ever. Yeah, and I think um Represented the game uh, like no other. Yes, played it the way it should have been played. Uh, a gentleman, uh, really class, uh, heads and shoulders above any other player that I've ever seen. Now, have, did you ever, as a Yankee fan, have you ever been live at the game when Enter Sandman played for? Uh, Oh, absolutely. For Mariano? Yes. I mean, I even when you know, I go when I go to away games in Baltimore and he was coming out, I had it on my phone and I play it really loud just to piss <laughs> off the Oriole fans because you knew you knew it was over when he was coming out. I mean, you just knew Mariano's coming out. It's time to, you know, pack up your stuff and get out because here comes the Sandman because he's going to put you to sleep. And that I, you know, that and Wild Thing are two of the best closing songs ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, and was there any better moment than when Jeter and, help me out, Andy, Jeter Pettit. And somebody, Andy Pettit came out and got uh, him that last time, Mariano. Yep. Uh, that, what an amazing, historic, uh, that's that's what baseball should be. That That was awesome. Yeah, the, that core four is very rare that you'll see ever in sports. Uh, I think baseball's starting to get back to it again a little bit. Um, you know, steroids had really ruined baseball for a while, but I think we're starting to see those type of players again. Like, you know, I think Mike Trout has definitely done a good job uh, taking on the uh, the torch for Derek Jeter. Um, I just think he's in the middle of, you know, even, even being in L.A., he's kind of like, you know um, – He's forgettable, but I think he's a great piece. I think if he comes to Philly, which I would hope he would, I think that would be a great thing for him, and I think that would make baseball even better. Yep. All right, so we talked everything we can today on Running Up the Score. You can listen to us on brothersinarmchairs.com, which is available online, obviously. We're on Anchor. We're on Google Play, we're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, we're on a bunch of stuff. You can listen to Fat Guys, listen to Running Up the Score on Fat Guys and Little Coats. Uh, 
Make sure you listen to all the guys on brothersinarmchairs.com. I need to do a quick plug here, Tom. I want to plug the Lag Bar out in California. They're a big sponsor of us. Um, make sure if you're in the Anaheim area, if you've gone to Disneyland, you want to go to the Lag Bar, do some gaming and some enjoying of adult beverages. And also in New Jersey, one of our big sponsors as well is Milltown Comics. Make sure you go to them if you're in New Jersey. Um, Tom, I think it's been a long, long time since we've done this. So yes. we got, we're going to get back. Fat Guys in the yeah. Coats running up to score. You'll start hearing us on a weekly basis. So make sure you're checking us out. Tom, it's time to go. All right. Well, listen, it was a, it was a great time. We're going to do it more often. I uh, love talking sports. I love talking to my friend Pete. So even even though we you know, even though he's wrong about most things, um, and and uh, welcome to our sponsors and uh, yeah, it was great. I appreciate it. Tom, you're out of here. Out of here. <laughs>